When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and here for this week's Friday Morning GM with co-host Voss Laricos. Voss, how you doing? Doing great, Ken. Happy New Year to you and anyone that's listening. Uh, doing, how can you be doing much better than you are as a Ravens fan at this point, just trying to savor every moment of this season? The happiest of New Year's, a couple of weeks that that rank right up there with the greatest in Ravens history in terms of consecutive weeks be, beating these two teams. I, I was asked the question earlier. I couldn't really come up with one that was distinctly better. They did in 2003, they had the comeback against Seattle. And then the next week they, they beat the Bengals, which pretty much put them in position to win the division. Uh, that was a great two week stretch. There've been a few other times where, where they've had two in a row. I guess if you, if you include the playoffs, maybe the Maya high miracle and then beating the Patriots in Foxborough would be right. Yeah, there. I'd probably, I'd probably go with that one. I guess if you're thinking about it, as far as complete regular seasons, I think 2023 is probably better than 2019 and uh, 2006 for my money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there it is. Uh, 2000, 2000 was its own kind of special magic for me. So uh, I'll probably still have that one at the top of the list, but they're all very, very special seasons. No doubt about it. All right, we'll talk about some GM topics. Got a little house cleaning to do. And the first topic's an interesting one because Ardarius Washington, kind of a surprise return to practice yesterday. Did not see it coming. Um, he's an IRDTR, and that list is limited to eight spots per year. Um, and so he is the sixth of the eight spots used. And a lot of people remember Malik Ham came back, and he actually counts even though he was never activated to the 53. Yes, just to be activated to practice counts. Uh, I think it's a good move to elevate or activate our Darius. Uh, I think he may be a superior player to Pepe. Maybe, hopefully, neither of those are necessarily needed in the postseason, but you want to have your best 53. Yeah, and I, from the looks of it, our Darius already being limited in, the, in his initial practices. I'm thinking he's probably not going to play this weekend. Don't know. There's a three-week window, so they he's probably a playoff move at this point anyway. Uh, but yes, I, I think it's it's exciting to have him back anyway. He really is a, a valuable player. He can play a little safety for you if you need him for that. He can play slot corner if you need him for that. And he really won that slot corner job on his own merits uh, coming out of camp. Absolutely. And it's, it was a pectoral injury that he suffered earlier in the season, just to note. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, so they have two spots on of, uh, two IRDTRs still to name. And they have three players who are potential candidates for that. Mark Andrews, and I think everybody expects the Ravens are really saving a spot for him. Devin DuVernay, who I really don't know exactly where he is in the injury thing, but I didn't know about where our Darius Washington was either, and here, here he is back. Um, and then the third one's J.A.D. Now, J.A.D., mm -hmm. um, 
reportedly might not be completely happy about being sent to IR. Has a four-week window. He can return, I believe, for the Super Bowl. Um, that might be the earliest he can he can be back. But um, that said, I, I would think he would clear concussion protocol by then and be able to play. So if the Ravens have that last spot remaining, he may well be practicing the week and a half before the Super Bowl or so and get trying to get ready to play. And if they need him, they'll use him. Yes, I think that could be a nice little uh, hidden depth avenue there in case a cornerback gets nicked up or banged up throughout the postseason run that we're expecting. Certainly want to reserve a spot for Mark Andrews, one of your best players, even if he's not going to be a featured piece of the offense, at least for the red zone and high leverage third downs. Uh, the other one is um, uh, Duvernay. I personally would probably just leave him on injury reserve. Just didn't seem to have the juice this season that he had in previous seasons coming off that injury from last year, suffered a back injury. You have your very solid top four receivers, and as far as return men, both Justice Hill and Tylen Wallace have been doing probably even more explosive than he was when he was healthy. Well, it, it, certainly Wallace has been terrific, and, and Hill has been terrific. I, I look at the Ravens' um, speed, and I see a very tenuous situation. So they have Flowers, and he's hurt already. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he may not play in the next game, and it's really going to show, I think, how little speed the Ravens have when, when that happens. And you have Hill, who now has become an enormous part of the offense in this last game. I expect that to stay the same way. But I think that Duvernay gives you the third best option there that they have remaining. Keaton Mitchell obviously is gone. Duvernay was one of the four guys we identified for this kind of role at the start of the year. And, and I just I do think it would make sense for them to to have that spot. I don't think they have anybody else. Maybe we, we they catch likely in a bottle with a player like Malik Cunningham this week. Mm -hmm. And he's he's different from uh, uh, exactly what's expected. But uh, but I, I, I personally I, I, I like the. I like bringing back Duvernay more than I probably like bringing back JED. Fair enough. Fair enough. If his back, if his back's healthy and he, he still has that speed, why not? Uh, it's interesting that they they limited the, the the number to eight this year, I believe. And I, when I said it, I, when I saw the rule was being um, uh, changed, I said that's directed at the Ravens. Mm -hmm. The Ravens are Absolutely. one of the teams who works on the margin of the roster all the time, and it just is it's directed at them and their extensions of the roster to start the season and. Sure enough, it's hitting us. Right. I wish uh, we were still under the, the COVID uh, rules where you could call up your entire practice squad to uh, to play this Week 18 game. <laughs> Wasn't that a lot of fun? Wasn't that a lot of fun? Uh, practice squad elevations for Week 18 to, to get into that. we There are only two. Um, there's a lot of talk because the Ravens have a lot of guys. They have guys they'd like to maybe take a look at at the NFL level. No, mm -hmm. no problem with uh, service time lost, by the way. A, a single practice squad elevation is fine. In fact, you have to be up to six games now to get a year of service. So, um, it would be they, they have several players on the roster who are future candidates to, to probably play who will compete for spots next week. Um, talk to me who you'd like to see. I really look at it from a positional standpoint and who do I want to rest? Um, we're not going to be able to rest. That. There's actually 18 players I'd like to rest, so we can get into that. But uh, you're not going to be able to, you know, uh, some of them are going to be dressed. Um, but the positions I would like to alleviate some workload from are safety, um, obviously, with the way Marcus Williams has battled through injury this entire year. So I think that's either Adams, who was up last week, or Jeremy Lucian, who just re um, – Resign. Relatched on, resign with the team uh, with the uh, corresponding move with the Washington 
return. And to me, it's defensive line. These gentlemen have taken a large workload, a large snap load throughout the season, only going through five. I'd like to have Michael Pierce on the shelf. I'd like to be able to rest Matabike and Travis Jones, give them sparse a sparse duty. Um, so that would either be, um, let me see here. Probably Ray Shot or Bravion Roy. Bravion okay. Roy was the other is the other big wide body. Um, he was actually featured in quite a bit in the Wired episode because he was the big big man sitting next to Brent Urban, uh, number ninety three, I believe. Okay, all right, very good. Either of those, I think, is a is a is a solid choice. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the defensive line, first of all, they've they've been incredible in terms of staying healthy, but but second of all, they've they've taken on a big workload this year in terms of snap count because of the lack of outside linebackers kicking inside. Mm -hmm. So you've had a lot of that. Um, and, and, you know, just the fact that they've played every game is remarkable and no one's talking about it, but there's, there's nobody obviously to relieve these guys in week 18. So I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. I also think you're, you're right on the money with Adams. He's a hundred percent chance to be activated with the current safety situation. Uh, Lucien is a, is a, is a chance. Um, he's a player I'd really like to see based on, uh, you know, his play in the preseason. I thought he, sure. he was very good and I, I'd like to see him. I think I just not a hundred percent sure it's going to happen. So, uh, uh, you know, everybody, everybody wants to see their guy. And, uh, and I, I think probably if I had to guess, I think you're probably on the money with a defensive lineman and, and Adams would be the two. Yeah. When you look at it, who you want to rest, first of all, just philosophically, it's been a long grueling season. A lot of guys have played through injuries throughout the year. It gives you, it's beneficial for three ways. Um, they can recover. You can avoid further injury risk, especially playing against a rival like the Steelers who, wouldn't necessarily intentionally hurt a player, but they're not going to, they're going to hit you as hard as they can. And if you get hurt, so be it. Uh, not to say that they haven't even intentionally in the past. Um, also, you have a chance to evaluate some younger players um, to see how they can uh, help you next year. Sort of how Brandon Stevens was able to show some flashes towards the end of last year and became a pivotal piece this year. So I'm really not concerned with the rust argument. I think that 19 team was a little bit flawed. They were very good playing from ahead. Um, when playing from behind, they didn't necessarily have the run defense to get the ball back, and they didn't have the offensive scheme or the personnel to air it out in must-pass situations. I don't draw too much of a comparison between the two. Okay. I think you know they they depended very heavily on the read option, and the, the, uh, the Titans were effective at stopping it. In fact, the, if we went back to the previous postseason with the Chargers beating them, um, the Ravens have been very dominant down the stretch running the football as well, but the Chargers put seven defensive backs on the field and, and, and found an a alternative way to uh, to contain Lamar Jackson, really won the game at the line of scrimmage. But let's talk about the, the players you, you would like to see rested in this game. Uh, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Who you got? Michael Pierce, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Odafe Owe, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. So uh, that leaves you basically with uh, Matabike, Travis Jones, Brent Urban, and potentially your call up, and hopefully a large snap share for Broderick Washington mm -hmm. on the D line. I think an outside backer, you want to limit snaps for Van Noy. You have Tavius Robinson, Malik Harrison, and Delshawn Phillips, uh, Trenton Simpson, pretty much play the entire game, including special teams. Mm -hmm. um, and then your your defensive backs are basically who you had last week, minus uh, minus Marcus Williams. Yeah, possibly minus Mallette. We get, we've seen things on the injury report. I've got I, I've got two players there. I probably would allow to have playing time anyway. I would give some to Clowney, 
some to OA, some to Van Noy. And I would keep basically those five guys rotating through them. I would just have a, a, a as much play for Tavius Robinson increased as possible and probably an increase in play for Harrison as well. So maybe he plays second down in addition to first on a lot of those. Doesn't have, even have to be a base package look, but he just he gets some additional time at outside linebacker from that. Uh, it, it, the the other guy that you really didn't hit on, um, we've got new new players on the injury report uh, for uh, this week that include Mollette with a hip injury. Now he's pretty important to the Ravens in terms of of, of what he brings them. Darby, by the way, also with an illness, maybe a guy who's not ready to go on Saturday. We'll have to see about that. Usually it seems like they recover in about two days now from, if it's a, uh, if it's just the flu. Yeah. Pumping them with fluid, most likely, you know, high <clears throat> medical training. Um, is, so yes, yeah, Molet, if you could rest him, I mean, I think probably some of these guys are going to be dressed, but almost stint sit on the sidelines in an emergency. You know, this is a game where probably Pepe is going to get a lot of playing time. You want to avoid the situation. Like we saw terribly, in the fourth quarter late last week where Bradley Chubb's out on the field for a meaningless snap and mm-hmm. tears his ACL, and that puts a serious dent in Miami's playoff aspirations. It, it, it sure does, and that was uh, that was tough to watch. Um, yeah. I, you know, the, the, the Ravens, for a lot of reasons, they're probably motivated to have Miami win that game against Buffalo, but um, honestly, it's just, just terrible for Bradley Chubb personally to, to have that happen. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, on, on the off for, for the, for the inside linebackers, I, I might've missed it, but you said you resting both queen and Roquan, you're having both inside Correct. linebackers, Delshawn and, and, uh, and Trenton Simpson ought to be a good opportunity for him to play the whole game. Sure. Yeah. yeah he, he could use the reps, you know, recovered a fumble last week, but I, I'd be surprised if he had more than 20 defensive snaps this year. Yeah, that's about right. That's uh, that's the right range. All right, so uh, uh, secondary. I don't know if you mentioned Worley or not because Worley is out at this point. He's not. You know, if Worley can go, I play him. Um, If he can't, he can't. Is there an opportunity? I guess if they IRDTR'd him at this point, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be eligible to come back till next season. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's maybe another move on the margin where someone else gets moves to IR in that way in order to build up some more depth for this game. Not that the Ravens are motivated to win this game, but I think there is some bragging rights from John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. And uh, if you can beat Pittsburgh with your backups and knock them out, I think uh, Harbaugh probably, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. He wants to win every game. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be fun if that were the case. There are some reasons why they don't want to leave everything in Buffalo's hands going into this game. So, I mean, okay, so losing to Pittsburgh potentially gets Buffalo out of the playoffs mm-hmm. if Jacksonville also wins and Buffalo loses. It's a trifecta that has to hit. Mm-hmm. So, Jacksonville, sorry, Jacksonville win, Pittsburgh win, Buffalo lost. That's the that's the mm-hmm. trifecta. It's about a sixteen percent chance to happen. It goes up considerably if the Ravens lose this game to the to the um, Steelers, but mm-hmm. all that is done first. So Buffalo is playing with a big competitive advantage playing on Sunday night. This hasn't been talked about a lot, but, but if Buffalo wins, they win the division. And if they lose, they're going to know if they're out of the playoffs or in as a six or seven seed, they'll already know exactly what their fate is out six or seven. It'll be one of those three. And sure. if they're the seven seed and the Ravens help that happen in any way, and that means Buffalo after playing at home in Orchard park comes here for the divisional round, I think we'd be pretty upset about about the situation. And in a certain way, it makes it's now I think a better deal for the Ravens if Buffalo becomes a two seed 
there's somebody else's problem for a couple of weeks before they well might be the team that comes to Baltimore. I agree. I agree. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't be great for my Miami future that I put in to win the division preseason, <laughs> but uh, is what it is. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's turn it over to the offensive side of the ball. Who do you think is sitting out on that side? Well, obviously Lamar's out. I would rest the entire offensive line. It's probably controversial to some, but once you start resting a few, the risk of injury to the his his battery mate increases. Um, you know, Linderbaum was missed a week with eye ankle. Obviously, the tackles are getting up there, and Zeitler's coming off an injury, so that leaves you Simpson. Why not let Salah get some run? Um, also going to rest OBJ and Zay Flowers and Gus Edwards. So uh, those will be mine, and I, I'd probably try to limit snaps for Bateman, likely, and Hill, and feature Charlie Kolar and see if maybe you can uh, uh, showcase him or so at the point where you enter the offseason with uh, some surplus – of value there at uh, tight end, and maybe you could deal one of those guys for a draft pick. Now, this is interesting because I, we had the discussion uh, recently, I think it was with Cordell, about the use of Likely and uh, Andrews together on the field. And they have not really been able to make that work because they're very similar in terms of of what they bring to an offense. They bring you the route the, tree. Yeah, yeah, the route tree. And and um and likely a lot of value after the catch. Andrews less so, but much much more of a secure catch point player and a, and a find an open hole and zone player. So I mean they, they just they, they bring slightly different things, but they're both flexed slot receivers ideally and not in line guys. And so the question becomes: Is is one of those guys really have to be traded? Now you can't trade Andrews because of the financial impact of it, but you could trade likely, and he might have some real value if you needed to do it. And then you'd be back to kind of searching for that second tight end. And I know that's with the way likely he's played. I don't think they're going to do it, but everything's got to be up in, on the table for next year in terms of keeping this team together. I'd agree. I'd agree. You know, I personally like the, the, the explosive um, potential of 11 personnel as their primary package over 12, but you are losing some receivers potentially this off season too. So you may see more 12 next year. I could go either way, but you know you can't be married to any of these players. Whether it's Matabike is the best defensive lineman they drafted, so give him a blank check or any of that kind of stuff. You have to look at it from the team perspective. What gives you your best chance to field the best team over the next several years continuously? And trading one of those tight ends, even as, as well as likely as played, may be their best option. Yeah, I completely agree. And they say we disagree on stuff. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, in the on the offensive line, the three that I think really need to sit out are Moses Stanley Zeitler. I think you're fine to play Simpson, and I think you're fine to play Linderbaum actually as well. Um, and that still gives you Ben Cleveland. That gives you still a fairly strong interior with those three, and we'll see what both tackles can do. And this is a very very big test. But Falele has just put together his best 64 snap stretch as a as a pro where he's scored 47 points, 0.73 over that period, which would be pretty much a high C. Um, mm-hmm. And considering that he'd never had anything but an F in his previous scored games where he had at least 20 snaps, that's pretty freaking incredible. So it'd be nice to nice to see Fa'alele have a have a, a more difficult time. Maybe he's a little more focused in terms of getting his punch in, 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 uh, in play against TJ Watt, who would mm-hmm. primarily be on that side. And I, I would like to personally see that. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. As well as Ben Cleveland, can he stack another game on top of his last game? Yeah. These are potentially two key pieces for the 2024 offensive line. You're going up against one of the better fronts, at least uh, on the edges, um, than one of the teams. So this is a great trial by fire evaluation period, um, as well as uh, just trying to uh, use that power and length and impose their will on, on arrival. Cleveland, tremendous impact potentially on the 2024 cap with a big game in this one. First of all, you'd start by, I think if Cleveland had another big game with also the possibility of Voorhees being the guy, apparently he's out of the doghouse with Harbaugh from some of Harbaugh's comments, which is fantastic, by the way. Mm -hmm. Hate to see players in the doghouse at all. It's just, I think, unnecessarily limiting what options you have. But but with Cleveland, um, I think you, you let Zeitler walk. If you if you do this, and it's not like any of us want Kevin Zeitler to walk. I think he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl like nobody's business mm-hmm. this year. Um, mm-hmm. But but on the other hand, it's a lot of money, and every transaction must be scrutinized with Lamar getting the money he is. Absolutely, and better a year too late than a a year too early than a year yes. too late with an aging aging offensive guard. I think that would be an ideal situation if Ben Cleveland does stack up a, a really strong game here. And, uh, and you go into next season saying Cleveland or Voorhees, and that's one less need you have to pay or draft. And, you know, it, it took him a while to potentially break out, but uh, better late than never. Yeah. And I, I, the, the unfortunate thing about his game this last week was he really didn't look that good as a run blocker. He, particularly, he only had one loss at the line of scrimmage, which is really nice, by the way. He didn't, mm-hmm. didn't have any negative events. He had a false start, but he had six plays, and most of them were – one of them was on a pole, and four of them were missed blocks in level two where he just couldn't find anybody. And he has a weird like style where he's not particularly decisive going into level mm-hmm. two, gets there, and then can't find a block quickly. Morgan Moses is the antithesis of that. Morgan Moses knows exactly who he wants to go after as soon as he gets out there. Uh, and even though he's a big man and you know somewhat limited in terms of his mobility, he has great mobility blocking characteristics because he's able to be so decisive. I, I think the point I'm making about this is I don't think that Ben Cleveland makes the ideal guy to be your left guard next year, yes. which means that they either have to move Vorey's or consider all the options in terms of, say, re-signing Simpson, which I think could be a good depth signing anyway. I just wouldn't. I, I'm not giving Simpson the job coming out of coming out of uh, camp next year or going into camp next year. I've got one more thing to add to that when you're when you. No, no, please, please continue. Well, the, the other thing, if we look look back 11 years, basically to the day from now, Harbaugh made a huge three-way move, um, sticking. Mm-hmm. Bryant McKinney in at left tackle, moving Michael Ord at a really pretty bad year at left tackle over to right tackle, and then moving Coluccio Semele, the right tackle, over to play left guard, where Ja Reed and, and uh, Ramon Harwood had been each playing some. Bobby Williams, season. I think. Yeah, Bobby Williams as well. And, yeah. and, and of course, Osemele was terrific in the postseason. 
uh, McKinney was good and Orr was better on the right side than he had been on the left. So it was a big positive move. So it's not going to be of the same order of magnitude, but with Simpson's play, does he take over? Sorry, with um, with uh, Cleveland's play, does he take over for Simpson, who's tossed in four consecutive Ds? Uh, well, first to the first point, it's a very unusual situation where we're entering week 18 and we only really have a pretty good idea what they're going to do with two of the five offensive line spots for next year. A lot of things still remain to be seen. Depends on how it plays out at multiple positions over the next, hopefully, several games. To the second point, that was an unprecedented move. You know, McKinney was a top 10 draft pick, I believe. I mean, he had a Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowls on his career before he came here. Um worked out tremendously. I don't necessarily know if that makes sense this year. I think both Zeitler and Cleveland are better on the right side. And I also think that Simpson's, the edge he plays with, the nasty he plays with, should be beneficial in the playoffs when you run into some of these, want to impose their will on you, uh, defensive line, like we saw against Tennessee in 2019, where Jeffrey Simmons just uh, dominated and, and kind of ran roughshod over the offensive line. I kind of like having a guy with a little bit of vinegar um, on that offensive line, Ryan Jensen type when you need him. Okay. I, I can go with that. Uh, you know, we, we've got the antithesis of that right now at right tackle and follow mm -hmm. It's just not a puncher at all. Um, I do think Cleveland brings you some of that. And the other mm -hmm. possibility is that we get to see Cleveland for a half in this game as mm -hmm. a potential, you know, prelude to 2024. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'd be happy with that as well. If you, Sure. Yeah. Why not? I think you know, cross train, and let's let's use this as an evaluation. It's 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 beneficial multiple levels here. There you go. All right. So I think that takes us through this uh, in terms of uh, practice squad elevations, in terms of rest. Uh, the possible possible usage of Malik Cunningham is one of the interesting things that's come up this week. A lot of people want to see him as the third quarterback, and he will be apparently active and 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 the third quarterback, but also as a um, as a wide receiver in this game. They've got a very banged up group there. Yes, could get, definitely use some snaps there. I mean, a little little curious when the Ravens have carried four quote unquote quarterbacks on the roster for about a month now. Yeah. Not ideal roster construction when you're going into a game like this where you want to rest a bunch of guys. But Cunningham brings that speed, um, dual threat ability. I think you could probably see him in some wildcat um, or just taking a pitch uh, on a jet sweep as well as let's see what he has as a receiver. You know, they need receivers for next year. You, you can find him. He has some very unique, rare athleticism. So if, if, if he projects as a back of the roster or a depth receiver next year, that's one less that's one less position you have to draft. Yeah, it's a, he's, a, he's an interesting cat, certainly. But if he's going to play quarterback, it'd be any part of your quarterback plans other than his QB3. Um, you need to be careful with him. If in in this case, I don't. If this is not even a serious QB three. Clearly, he's not going to be QB three for the playoffs. Um, I think that'll be Johnson. So I, I think mm -hmm. so anyway. So I, the one thing I look at it as is if you're looking at the limited speed that the Ravens have right now, and they're down to Hill and Flowers as speed guys we talked about earlier, is Cunningham another option here? Is he another? Yeah, certainly. I haven't looked at his RAS, but I know he tested very highly. And sometimes, even as a decoy, that player can be valued. Let's go over Wednesday's injury report here. It's the second practice of the week, unusually, because it's a Saturday game. So they, they, they have a Tuesday walkthrough, Wednesday real practice, and then they'll have a Thursday practice. So we won't know for sure. There's still a lot of um, rest going on here for some of the veteran players. But out 
on Wednesday were Beckham, Darby, Flowers, Hamilton, Harrison now with a groin injury, Worley with a with a, not sure if it's ankle and concussion, ankle and shoulder stinger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he, I don't think he's in the concussion protocol. At least I'm not aware of it. Uh, but the Ravens certainly aren't aren't indicating that that's the case. But I, there's no way he's going to play. He's already been ruled out. And and uh, Zeitler being the last one there who tried to warm up and play that game against Miami and and just couldn't do it. That hit on Worley uh, or that tackle it just looked nasty. He kind of had his leg pinned up and then his whole entire upper body rolled back on top. Really unfortunate. He's kind of the perfect guy you want to have for a game like this to kind of keep everything in line as, as he did during the preseason. This is almost like a preseason game. So Mollette is concerning. Um, you know, you're just you're very thin in the, in the secondary. They were down to, what, four healthy DBs at one point during the game last week. And – uh, well, well, because I, I think Mallette went out for a few series and well, one play. So they, they had every play. single health, every single DB that was active play snaps in the game. So right there, that's something that you rarely see. Right. So it's tough. I, you know, if, if there was a way to rest Darby, I'd like to rest Darby. You know, but you, you have to, somebody has to play at some point. So uh, it's tough. Um, Beckham, you know, he's been dealing with things, and he, he had one of his lowest snap counts of the year last season or last week. Um, I believe he hurt his ankle. It looked like he was reaching for grabbing for his ankle at one point. So as much as much rest as you can give these guys, I mean, it's going to be a balancing act for, for the coaching staff, but uh, I think they're not going to try to chase, uh, you know, in the preseason, you want to go out on a high note, right? That we're going to give the quarterback two, three drives. And once he scores a touchdown, then we're going to rest them because we want to, we want to see the, the, the ball go through the basket. And then, uh, and then you get ready. Well, you're just coming off your most one of the most dominant wins of the season. You don't need to get. Let's put one good drive together, one good series together. Um, you already had that, so keep that positive momentum as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree on that. Um, I think we the limited players. Jackson is is that didn't have anything to do with an injury. It's just an NIR, and thank goodness. You know, we could just let's take a moment. And be thankful for the fact that we got to the end of 16 weeks. And it's going to be the end of 17 weeks because he ain't playing this week. And, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson is still healthy. And every you look around the NFL and there are quarterbacks strewn all over the field. Yeah, it seems about half the league is starting a backup quarterback at this point. And they made it through. So, you know, knock on wood. Um, it, it was, I think the load management was good. Uh, in the preseason, it all it all ended up working out and peaking at the right time. I think the most impressed impressive thing recently is Lamar's focus on the larger goal, the big prize of the Super Bowl. You had uh, him yelling at Ronnie Stanley to calm down when they're up. You know they had fifty points on the board uh, against Miami and securing it and saying focus, focus, lock in, focus in, you know, in the mid, in the fourth quarter of the game last week. Um, I think that's probably another big difference from 2019. And, and that does trickle down from the top when you have Roquan Smith and Lamar Jackson setting the tone on both sides. I think even though some of these starters are going to have a lengthy rest period, they're going to take the, the practice seriously and be well prepared for the divisional round. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very excited about that. You know, some of the some of the little things we've seen in terms of incremental playbook material are really good. And the, I mean, it's great to see Flowers getting some deep routes. It's great to see Hill being utilized a little differently. I mean, both of those are big in, incremental 
utilization value they got out of both those players. But also just some of the things we've seen from Lamar, the, the, the left-handed thing is not in and of itself anything that's really entirely special or valuable. Valuable is the word I'm looking for. But it, but it is a fake. It was, it was a run fake, I think, primarily that, that, that you know, deep, deep uh, players bid on. It's just a good design element. It's from Monk and it's from Lamar both. Uh, but Lamar really made it work by being able to pivot and, and, and get that throw off. It's just, I, I'm, I'm really loving what I'm seeing. The, 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 all of that is really probably does come back to focus in terms of just, just how, uh, uh, how much everybody realizes this season is the season. Yep. Locked in one of my favorite plays of the year for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We, we, we did, did we talk already about the about the Pro Bowl for Hamilton? Not and yet. No, we didn't talk about that. Okay. So Ravens had seven Pro Bowlers. We don't need to go over that because we don't really care that much, honestly. But, and right. we hope not, they're not playing at that time. But the Hamilton and Linderbaum, from a GM perspective, those two matter. Um, each of those now has their year five option cost increased to the transition tag, which is significant. For example, the big one, Adafi Owe, is extremely affordable in terms of his fifth-year option because he hasn't made a Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. So maybe we think a little bit about, about hashtagging these guys for Pro Bowl votes in terms of what it means, particularly your first-round draft picks. Uh, just want to be careful about that. And in fact, if Hamilton and Lindebaum, either of them makes another Pro Bowl, their cost for the fifth-year option will go up, not, not to just the transition tag, but to the franchise tag. So right. that'll affect how much they cost the Ravens to resign. And, and uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, I'm not sure they're going to be able to resign both these guys because they hit in the same year. Well, time will tell. I, I certainly agree with you as far as Pro Bowl voting. It's great to support the players, but from an organizational perspective, you'd almost prefer that they didn't get those honors because of these accelerations in their contract escalators. Linderbaum in particular, because he plays center, um, an offensive line is all grouped together. He's basically going to be paid as a top five offensive tackle if he does uh, pick up that fifth year option after making another Pro Bowl, which is more than any center makes. So there's really no value there at all. Sometimes people should keep in mind the fifth year option is more valuable for some positions than other positions. So uh, it, it, it's it's great to have them. I think they both earned it, but uh, this is probably maybe. Make, uh, entices Eric DaCosta to maybe start negotiations before that fifth-year option becomes the only avenue to keep them. Yeah, I, that's a great point. And, and I think that, that uh, two, two great points there. One is the timing of, of negotiations, but also the fact that you do have to be careful about a position like center in the first round or even guard for that matter. You draft a guard, you're paying tackle money for that guard in the fifth year if it works out. That limits what your ceiling is on the player in terms of, of your value over cap. So uh, you know, that's, a, that's a significant, significant cost. All right. Well, great stuff. And, and happy for those players, by the way. Can't take away anything from either of the players. Linderbaum's improvement as a pass blocker is still probably the, one of two things on the Ravens that improved by as much as anything with Stevens being the, the other in terms of his play at cornerback and um, you know, just very happy for both players in terms of, uh, of their, uh, their uh, honor. Absolutely. Patrick Queen as well. Patrick Queen as well. Not necessarily our favorite player from a general manager team building perspective, the position he mm -hmm. plays and the development curve he had, but he earned it. He made it and uh, happy for him. And hopefully that helps uh, out boost that co compensatory pick uh, even higher. 
Yeah, absolutely. So in that in that case, it actually helps the Ravens that he that he got the honor in the in the in his uh, fourth year. So when the fifth year option wasn't taken. Uh, we got one question here, and this is a great one. We're going to start opening this show up to questions because I think there are a lot of good mailbag questions that can either get at misconceptions that we'll try and we'll try and research before we come on air. But this is an interesting one. This is from Haroon Ahmad uh, at Haroon Two, and he says, "Question for Friday Morning GM: How would you feel about an off-season reunion with Chuck Clark to fill the Geno Stone void?" Could be a perfect dime back if we platoon the second inside linebacker. Can't imagine he'd let's see. Can't imagine he'd command much on the open market. Um, sign me up. I, I certainly like that idea. Chuck Clark knows the system, very good communicator, provides better coverage uh, as a dime back than you know, pretty much anybody as a is a linebacker. And I'm all in favor of platooning that position, and I'm all in favor of playing dime as much as possible. So that sounds perfect to me. When they played 42% dime in 2019, dime had, er, sorry, Clark had the greatest dime back year ever in Ravens history. And that is saying a lot. They have a tradition of fantastic dime backs. You know, they had Corey Harris on that 2000 team, but they've had others as well. Anthony Levine in 2018 had just come off a huge year of impactful plays, but Clark was just that much better. And he was that much, he was still able to be the defensive quarterback, even when he was moving around from dime to strong safety. So um, if he, I don't even think he has to give you that level of flexibility. I'd love to have him back just at, you know, something yeah. probably pretty close to the vet minimum, right? As as a dime back. Yeah. At yeah. Coming off injury for sure. And if you think about it, in pretty much all of these reunions, especially on the defensive side of the ball, he pretty much pan out. Michael Pierce, uh, Brent Urban, Pernell McPhee, uh, they, they have that culture and they and those players that come up in the system, they seem to be able to reassimilate very easily. Yeah. Tony Jefferson, you know, we, they got a little bit less than I was ho I were hoping they did the second time around from him, but uh, but another good sure. player, very popular in this town for good reasons. Voss, always a pleasure to do this show with you. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online and read your other stuff. Sure. I'm at I'm on Twitter X at Vasilis Beatdown, V-A-S-I-L-I-S Beatdown, co-managing editor and author at Baltimore Beatdown Blog. And I have another podcast that airs around seven o'clock every Thursday night. You can find that. Find, get to the YouTube channel by uh, on Twitter at Ravens Way Pod. All right, outstanding. Other folks out there who want to be on a film study short, this is the time of year. We got a couple weeks break here. Got a couple good ones coming in, and they're going to be a lot of fun to do, uh, including one about crowd noise. And it's not yeah. about crowd noise in the way you think about it. It's like how can you be most effective as a fan in terms mm -hmm. of delivering crowd noise, which I find to be a fascinating topic. And we, I like that too. I, oh, yeah. I think he's I think he's probably a little bit crazy, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of, of, of coming up with the, the idea for this. And, and we're going to have some fun with that one. But uh, uh, my first, quick, quick aside, my first, yeah. when I first had season tickets, first couple of seasons, our voice would be gone by the time Ray Lewis came out of the tunnel. You know, you have, you have to save it for third down, right? That's yeah. I think that's where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, there you do. And, and and as much as, you know, I'm, I'm an, analy an analyst of the game, and, and certainly you might think of me as as being kind of a quiet guy. I'm not at all at the game. I'm a screamer. And uh, and uh, Maureen is as well. She's she, Her pitch is sometimes so difficult to take coming from my right side. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much deaf in that ear. Anyway, for Voss Laricos, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on Friday Morning GM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.